Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber. Bishop Strickland is out of the country, and he's invited a special guest to replace him for today. It's his name is Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. What? I never thought I'd say that. Yes, Bishop Sheen's talk on the devil, the demonic. Great talk. What we're going to do is have him join us here, and then we'll be chipping in on his talk and commenting on it. And uh, I'm going to ask Mr. Engineer to start the Fulton Sheen talk on the devil. I have a beautiful young audience here immediately in front of me. And I called the youngest of them to me just a few minutes ago. And I said, if you get tired, you go to sleep. That applies to the rest of you in the audience as well. <laughs> I was once talking in a church, and the baby began to cry, and the mother took the babe out. As she was going down the aisle, I said, Madam, the child is not bothering me. She said, No, you're bothering the child. <laughs> A woman bought an expensive dress, brought it home to the husband, showed him the bill, and he said to her, when you tried it on, why didn't you say, get behind me, Satan? She said, I did, and he said, it looks so good from the back. There was a man went to heaven, and he thought perhaps he would like to go to hell, see what it was like, and he asked St. Peter if he could go down. So he went down to hell and rather enjoyed himself over the weekend. Came back to heaven, and the following weekend said to Peter, Really, I, I didn't mind it down there. Could I go down again? Yes, said Peter. And for the second time, he came back and reported enjoying himself. Mm. The third time, he asked to go down, and Peter said, now this is your last time. When he got down, the devil put him in one of the hot corners of hell. And he said to the devil, when I was here before, you treated me nicely. Yes, he said, then you were a tourist, now you're a resident. <laughs> so remember, we get treated very well now by the devil, but when we're residents, he does not treat us as well. I have a missionary priest friend of mine has been my intimate for over 35 years. And he's been a missionary in China, Korea, Vietnam, has been in prison in Russia. And the last time I saw him, he told me that he went into one of the churches in Vietnam and the children were gathered around another girl who was about 10 or 12 years of age. And they pointed the girl out to him, and the girl had a veil over her face. 
And he pulled the veil down and he said it was the ugliest face that he had ever seen. Not so much the face itself, physically, but the ugly features that she portrayed. He paid little attention to her and the children came to him the next day. And then he became a bit frightened of her and he asked if she had lived, lived in the village and she had lived in the village just a short period of her life. He spoke French to her, she spoke perfect French. Wow. Spoke Italian, spoke Latin, though she had no training in any of these languages. And he felt then perhaps that she was possessed and he took a relic of the little flower and brought it to her. She reacted violently, then took the relic out and just brought the frame of the relic and she laughed at him. And then he briefly exercised her and she was perfectly normal. Now because we are so, we get so much of our theology from the press, I thought perhaps you might be interested in hearing about the devil from a sound philosophical and theological point of view. I'm going to describe to you the devil first from the psychiatric point of view, and secondly from the biblical. First the psychiatric. It is interesting that as we drop things in the church, the world begins to pick them up and distorts them. Now we, for example, the nuns drop the long habits, the girls put on maxi coats. We stop saying the beads, hippies put the beads around their neck. And as theologians dropped the demonic, the psychiatrist picked it up. Rollo May of Rockefeller Institute has several chapters in his work on psychiatry on the diabolic. What is the diabolic from the purely psychiatric point of view? Dr. Rollo May analyzes the word diabolic. It comes from the Greek words dia and balain. Diabaline is to tear apart, rend asunder. Anything, therefore, that breaks pattern, that destroys unity, that corrupts gestalt, produces discord, that is the diabolic. Now, there has been a great increase of the diabolic. Notice, for example, the discord in the church. The discord in religious communities. The discord among the laity as regards the church. Discords in the clergy. All these are manifestations of a spirit of the diabolic that, is, that surrounds us. 
Now, this psychiatrist analyzes the way in which the diabolic works. And he mentions three. First, love of nudity. Secondly, violence, aggressiveness. Thirdly, split personalities, no inner peace, disjointed minds. First, a love of nudity. I asked a chaplain some years ago in, a, in an institution if he had manifest any manifestations of the diabolic in an institution where he was and said, yes, sometimes when I bring the Blessed Sacrament in, the people strip as I pass the room. But we leave that aside. That is not important. I would rather refer you to the Gospel. Now, our Blessed Lord one time went into the land of the Gerizines or Gadarenes. It depends upon which translation of the scriptures you are using. And he found in this land a young man possessed by the devil. The Gospel mentions three characteristics of this young man. First, he was nude. Secondly, he was violent and aggressive. They could not even keep him in chains. And thirdly, his mind was split, schizophrenic. Our Lord said to him, what is your name? He said, my name is legion. Now, a legion in his time meant 6,000 soldiers in the Roman army. See already, he's a person and yet he's legion, 6,000 others. My name is legion, for we are many. See, the personality is no longer unified. I, legion, we, many. Now, this psychiatrist does not ever correlate his three manifestations of the diabolic with this young man in the gospel. I am doing that because I could not help but notice the similarity between the two. So, from just a superficial point of view, the diabolic disrupts. And whenever you have a great manifestation of the Spirit, you always get the devil working. Did you hear that? You always get the devil working. This is the Bishop Strickland hour. Bishop Sheen is replacing Bishop Strickland today because he's out of country. Hope you're enjoying it as much as I do. I've heard this presentation on the devil 15 times. And we'll come back with Bishop Sheen after a quick break. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful. We'll be right back. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. We've got a special guest, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, because Bishop Strickland is out of the country. 
we thought, well, we bring his good friend Bishop Sheen, and he's always quoting him. Folks, do you, are you listening to what Bishop Sheen is saying about the demonic and you know the, a biblical perspective, a psychological, physical? He's applying it to today, you know, 2021, the tearing apart of our country, the tearing apart of our church. This is all demonic activity. And this was recorded in 1973. So I'm going to turn it right back over to Archbishop Sheen to continue to teach us about the demonic. When, for example, Moses in the Old Testament worked miracles against Pharaoh, Pharaoh's agents simulated a few miracles. When the Holy Spirit came upon the early church, Pentecost, there was the persecution of Stephen. We had a Vatican Council. The blessing of the Spirit upon the church. And we have immediately the manifestation of the evil spirit. So I just leave you with this characteristic note of the diabolic from the psychiatric point of view. The breakup of unity, the breakup of families, breakup of corporations, breakup of religious communities, mm -hmm. breakup of the oneness of Christ. Yep. That is one analysis of the demonic. The second, the biblical. I take you now to the 16th chapter of Matthew. Our blessed Lord had asked the most important question that could ever be asked. Who do men say that I am? Eventually, Peter gave the right answer. Yeah. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then our blessed Lord announced that he was going up to Jerusalem to be delivered over to the Gentiles, to be spat upon, crucified, and eventually would rise from the dead. Peter was willing to have a divine Christ, but he was not willing to have a suffering one. And as soon as our blessed Lord said that he was going to be the victim for our sins, which I described in the last conference, as soon as our Lord said that, Peter said, this shall not be. We do not want that kind of a Christ. And our Lord turned on him and said, get behind me. Do not try to leave me. I leave you, Satan. Satan. Imagine. Peter personally is Satan. Now dwell on that. Who would think that in the course of a minute and a half he could become Satan? Why did our Lord call him Satan? Well, go back now to the beginning of our Lord's public life, and I will reveal to you again the three temptations 
that were presented to our Lord by Satan. And we will learn from this discussion that the essence of the satanic or the diabolic is the hatred of the cross of Christ. Now, let that dwell in your minds. What is the satanic from the biblical point of view? It is the contempt of the cross of Christ. It's anti-cross. As he proved now, and that is the meaning, we go back to the temptation. Our blessed Lord is on the mountain, and Satan offers him three short cuts from the cross. Why be a savior from sin? You want mankind to follow you? I will tell you the way, said Satan. You do not need a cross. I will give you three short cuts. The first, see those stones down there? They look like little loaves of bread, don't they? You haven't eaten in 40 days. Listen, you haven't eaten. You've got an instinct for food. Other people have got other instincts. They've got an instinct for power, an instinct for sex. Let them come to their will. Satisfy their appetites. That will win men. But forget the cross. The first shortcut, permissiveness. Do whatever you feel like doing. The second temptation, the cross will never win mankind because mankind loves wonders, surprises, the startling, the marvelous, anything that will make them say, oh, they'll forget the marvels in a week. Then repeat another marvel. Fly to the moon. Throw yourself from the steeple. And be unhurt. That's a marvel. Do that and the crowds will follow you. But you need no cause. And the final temptation, which will be the temptation of the church in the next 100 years. And we have the dim beginnings of it now. Satan says theology is politics. Why bother with theology? God, the transcendent, the mystery of redemption. The only thing that matters is politics. and holding, as it were, the shiny globe of the world in his hand, Satan said, all these kingdoms are mine. They're mine. 
And I will give them to you. And falling down, you will adore me. Was Satan for once in his life telling the truth? Are all the kingdoms his? But in any case, it was the third temptation of our blessed Lord not to be concerned with the divine, but to be concerned only with the social and political order. Now come back to our Lord calling Peter Satan. The reason he did was because Satan tempted our Lord from the cross and that is precisely what Peter was trying to do when he said to him, this shall not be. We will recognize your divinity, but will not recognize the cross. And from that time on to this, this is the biblical essence of the satanic. We have it, the spirit of it in the church. Notice how much we've given up mortification, self-denial, discipline in schools, in seminaries, the attempted disruption, books, for example, that will only describe the evil, real or imaginary, of people. And they are in some of our schools, as you well know. This is the disruptive element, the diabolic. But the decline of the spirit of discipline is a hatred of the cross. The ascetic or the disciplinary character of Christianity has moved to the totalitarian states. It is in China, it is in Russia. There, there's discipline, self-denial, commitment to a common purpose, but without a cross and therefore with complete destruction of human liberty. much will this diabolic and the satanic and contempt of the cross continue to manifest itself. Well, we do not know for sure that we are in the age of the demonic, but there's a passage in St. Paul which at first seems very difficult. May I read it to you and then I will explain it. It is in Second Theologians, chapter 2, verse 7. Now remember, Paul was writing this well within the first 60 years of Christianity. Already the secret power of wickedness is at work. Secret. Secret only for the present. 
In other words, we cannot see the manifestation of evil and the demonic. Secret only for the present until the restrainer disappears from the scene. We do not know precisely who is the restrainer. Maybe Christ, maybe the Holy Spirit, maybe an influx of grace, maybe the holiness of the church. But in any case, the evil is secret until God says, all right, now evil, you will have your day, your hour. God has his day, evil has his hour. Wow, evil has its day. Wow, this is Bishop Fulton Sheen filling in for Bishop Strickland on the Bishop Strickland Hour, talking about the devil and, boy, talking about the next hundred years of theology as politics. He was spot on. Look at the church right now. Look at the culture. When we come back, we'll have more with Bishop Fulton Sheen on the Bishop Strickland Hour. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Bishop Fulton J. Sheen is filling in for the good bishop while he's out of the country. And I had thought this would be a good presentation to share with you because Bishop Strickland's constantly quoting Fulton Sheen. And I thought this talk on the devil was appropriate because of so many things he's talked about in regards to the church. And we see it, like I mentioned, he's predicting the next hundred years Theology is going to become politics. We have liberation theology coming in. Uh, Bishop Sheen was prophetic in so many ways, so let's continue with his presentation on the devil. And then continuing. And then he will be revealed, Satan, that wicked man whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth and annihilate by the radiance of his coming. But the coming of that wicked man is the work of Satan. It will be attended by powerful signs and miracles and lies and all deception that sinfulness can impose on those who are doomed to destruction. Even in the last book of scripture we get the hint that when the Antichrist comes there will be a simulated death and resurrection in order to deceive. So at present, we cannot see the demonic at work. But let me give you a hint as to how Christ works and how Satan works. Now, if you understand what I'm about to tell you, it will help you very much in dealing with the evil of the world and in overcoming it. I'm going to describe how our Lord appears before we sin and how Satan appears before we sin. Then I will describe how our Lord appears after we sin and how Satan appears after we sin. First of all, how does our Lord appear bef just before we sin, as when we are about to sin? Well, he appears as thou shalt not. He appears as the Lord on the cross. He bars the way. 
He says, my flesh was crucified, your flesh be crucified too. Go not this way. And so he stands in front of us. Oh, we're not free. We cannot do all we want to do. Christ is there. But how does Satan say or talk when we are about to sin? Oh, don't be sick. We don't believe those things anymore. Times have changed. Are you still a virgin? You mean you've never had a smoke of marijuana? Listen, everybody's doing it. Don't pay attention to those doctors who tell you that it'll hurt your brain cells. You've got to live. You have to be yourself. You haven't committed adultery? Everybody's doing it now. These views of strict morality were all right 100 years ago or 500 years ago. But this is a new world. I got to be me. I got to be free. That's the way the devil talks. He's on our side. Before we sin, Christ seems to be the accuser. Before we sin, the devil is our defender. Uh. He's on our side. The side of our sex, the side of our pride, the side of our greed. He takes our part. After we sin, Then the roles are reversed. Then Christ becomes the defender and the devil the accuser. And the devil will say, All right, now you've had your dope. Now you're hooked. Don't come to me, I can't help you. You might just as well give up. Sure, you've lost your virginity. Now, what difference does it make? You might just as well go on. Sure, you've stolen. You haven't been caught, but you will be, or you're about to be caught. And so the devil fills us with despair as he filled the heart of Judas with despair. Judas could have gone to the Savior. And the Savior would have forgiven him. But Judas took a rope and walked the frozen ground before the frosty trees. And every knot in every tree seemed to him like an eye. And every branch of every tree seemed to be an accusing finger. Traitor. 
There was nothing for him to do in his despair but suicide. And that is one of the reasons why suicide is on the increase in our civilization. Despair. The devil got us. In one of the novels of Dostoevsky, Raskolnikov, who was a very evil man, said to a girl whom he loved, he said, Sonia, you know what's going to happen to you. You're either going to jump off a bridge or you're going mad or you will cut your throat. But that was not the way it happened. Because so you picked up the Gospel of John and she began reading the resurrection of Lazarus and she said, I can find new life in Christ. Which brings me to the way that our Lord acts after the sin. Now he is our defender. He said, come to me, all ye who labor. If your sins are as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. And if they are as red as crimson, they shall be made white as wool. Poor, piteous, futile thing. Why should any set thee love apart? For how hast thou merited? Of all man's clotted clay, the dingiest clot. Alas, thou knowest not how little worthy of any love thou art. For whom wilt thou find to love ignoble thee? Save me. Save only me. All that thy child's mistakes, fancies is lost, I have stored for thee at home. Rise, clasp my hand, and come. This is the language of the Savior after we sin. Now I've told you what the diabolic is. The disruption of unity, the satanic, the contempt of the cross, mortification and self-denial, and therefore of Christ himself. There are 10,000 times 10,000 roads down which any of you may travel for a lifetime. 
and it makes no difference which road you travel. At the end of all of these roads, you are going to see two faces. Either the merciful face of Christ or the horrible face of Satan. And either one at the end of your life will say, Play not, therefore, with that which is evil. Otherwise, we are caught. And I will tell you the three powerful wow. weapons. Wow. Give me a break here. This Satan. is unbelievable. What Bishop Sheen is saying, two faces you're going to see, either one of Christ or the devil. When we come back, we'll let Bishop Sheen finish up. This is the Bishop Strickland Hour. He's out of town, so who do we bring in? The heavy hitter, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, to talk about the devil. Wow, for our time, it's important. We'll be back, family. Stay with us. Welcome back. The Bishop Strickland Hour. He's out of town, out of the country, and we've got our good friend, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, giving a special presentation on the demonic, on the devil. And this is an amazing talk because this was done in back in 1973. So let's let Bishop Sheen finish up his presentation on the demonic. Play not, therefore, with that which is evil. Otherwise, we are caught. And I will tell you the three powerful weapons against Satan. First, the holy name of Jesus. That is a name that Satan cannot stand. Because in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth. The second, the blood of Christ. The invocation of the blood of Christ. I may give you a sermon on that. But we are saved with the blood of Christ. And therefore, in temptation, call upon his blood, for without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. And thirdly, devotion to our Blessed Mother. For at the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it was the seed of a woman that would crush the seed of Satan. We are armed with three, these three weapons. The Holy Name, the blood of Christ and the Blessed Mother. And when you think of the diabolic and the demonic and the satanic, do not be led off the track. 
by what you may hear through the media of communications. The demonic very simply is the anti-cross. The anti-disciplined life. The antichrist. That's the satanic. Nothing else. You'll never go wrong if you understand that. And he bids you love that cross. Whenever there's silence round about me by day or night, I am startled by a cry. It came down from the cross the first time I heard it. And I went out and searched and found a man in the throes of crucifixion. And I said, I will take you down. And I tried to take the nails out of his feet. But he said, let them be. For I cannot be taken down until every man, woman, and child come together to take me down. But I said, what can I do? I cannot bear your cry. And he said, go into the world and tell every man that you meet there is a man on the cross. but that just blew me away. Archbishop Sheen at his best talking on a demonic. You know, he he talked a little bit about those three weapons that we have against Satan. I mean, Jesse, we've talked about that on Jesus 911, but he says the holy name of Jesus, okay? He says the blood of Christ, because sin is in the blood, and then the blessed Virgin Mary. I think of the holy rosary. I think of devotion to Mary, is what a powerful way to defeat the devil. Even the name of Mary bothers the heck out of the devil. Now, I think of this whole talk, and I go, can we say anything good about the devil? And Mrs. Curry, a friend of ours, said, yeah, he does his job well. Well, that's true. And he is really on the leash right now, unleashed in our culture. When Bishop Sheen gave this talk back in 73, Abortion was just approved and legalized in America. And he mentioned on another talk how he felt like that was a demarcation line of demonic because of the killing of the innocent tied into abortion. And I think of what Bishop Sheen said about the 10,000 roads that we all travel, but we all come to the same end, our death. And... We call that our exit interview, where we're, you know, judgment. All of us are going to be judged. And either, Bishop Sheen says, either you're going to see the merciless face of the devil, the evil devil, or Jesus Christ for all eternity. And that's based on what you do in this life. And I always used to say this, that is there enough evidence in your life that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Or 
if there isn't enough evidence, I don't see how you can get to heaven. If you're not living that faith, it's going to be accountability time. Now, Bishop Sheen made the joke about in hell, there's a song they sing. It says, I did it my way. Yeah, it's all about me, myself, and I. Selfish living sends you to hell. There's a song they sing in heaven, he said. I did it his way. Fulton Sheen says, self-abandonment, give yourself to Christ. He says, you give me your time, and I'll give you my eternity. That's right from Fulton Sheen's quotable Sheen. He also said this about the evils in the world, that the devil is out big time right now, and we have to be aware of that, and that he talked about the theology of the next hundred years tying it into politics. I think of that when our church sometimes gets into politics and forgets about the salvation of souls. The devil loves that. Yeah, worry about this world. You worry about this world and get yourself off the next world and yeah, you won't focus on living for the next world. The devil's very clever. And then Bishop Sheen talks about pain as God's megaphone. He says pain in itself is not unbearable. It's the failure to understand its meaning that is unbearable. Let's face it, we got so much wasted pain in hospitals today. Yeah, people are dying of cancer. They're dying of all kinds of ailments. And they don't know how to reunite their suffering with the suffering of Christ because nobody told them how to do it. And it becomes wasted pain. What do I mean by wasted pain? Hey, Our Lady of Fatima said this, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. I had a dentist appointment for a, a broken tooth, and I realized, thank you, Jesus, I was taught to offer that pain from that cap that they had to put on my tooth. And I was able to make it efficacious for the salvation of souls. And I feel bad when people don't know this because they're screaming and they have no reason. It's like, pain, get rid of it. But we could say, no, I'm going to unite that pain with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. That's what I'm going to do. And again, Fulton Sheen talked in there about suicide. And you know, we've been talking about suicide going up since the 60s, astronomically high. Well, that's the demonic. That's what Fulton Sheen is saying. And with this COVID-19 going on, people are fearful and they despair. Again, I believe the devil is in his is having a great time with COVID-19 because most of the followers are fearful. They can't put that trust into God. They fear that they might die from COVID-19, even though less than 1% of the people who get COVID-19 will die. But we've done a snow job on us, the media. They made us say, you better fear this life. Don't worry about the next life. Have fun. 
Have you noticed since COVID-19, statistically, pornography has skyrocketed? Now, why do you think that is? Because people were locked down at home and more time on their hand. You'd like to think that they were reading their Bible and praying the rosary. I hope some people are, and I'm sure they are, but we have a vast majority of people based on statistics that pornography is alive and well. And that's right up the devil's alley to get you have to have sins of the flesh. Remember what Our Lady of Fatima said? More souls are going to hell because of sins of the flesh. So I, I really think having Bishop Sheen fill in for Bishop Strickland today was a real treat for me. And I hope it was a treat, a treat, a treat for you. As Bishop Sheen has said many times, he says, humanity in a crisis is generally insensitive to the gravity of the times in which it lives. Yeah. We have a crisis on our hands. Who are we going to turn to? Big brother, the government? Or to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? I know who I'm going to turn to. Bishop Strickland says the same thing. Always, what's the truth? And the kingship of Christ. I love one of his tweets that Bishop Strickland emphasized the healing power of the whole message of love and mercy that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, stop preaching half the half of the gospel. What does he mean by that? What Sheen said. you got to have the full gospel of Jesus Christ. Life, death, and resurrection. None of this halfway stuff. Next week, Bishop Strickland will be back from his trip out of the country. I hope you enjoyed the time with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen filling in for Bishop Strickland speaking on the devil. Please send this out with tweets or send the, the video or the audio clip from our podcast to your friends. This is a wake-up call because the devil is the most powerful one when people don't believe he exists. And we've had a lot of that going on the last 50 years. The devil is alive and well. He's like a roaring lion. We need to be prepared and fight with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, for the salvation of souls. As Bishop Sheen says, if souls are saved, everything is saved. May God richly bless you and your family.